Welcome to the Multiplayer Podcast. The Multiplayer Podcast is where you go when you want the hard-pressing questions answered about unknown, AAA, and cult classic games. Will we like every game? Absolutely not. But we will bring you our honest, non-professional opinions. I'm your host, Todd, and as always, we are joined by our Colonies Farmer, Paul. Hey guys, excited to be here. And the sharpshooter himself, Josh. Pew, pew! What's up, people? <laughs> <laughs> this week, we are talking about RimWorld. RimWorld is a base-building, sim-fighting, raid-resisting game. But before we get too far into the details, how's, how's my favorite colony doing? Doing awesome. Excited That's to good. talk about this game. Yeah, doing good. Now that the podcast has been out a couple weeks here, getting some good feedback. Feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. So for everybody out there that's listening right now, we are super pumped um, to have you guys with us. We've gotten a ton of really, really positive feedback on things. Um, people just kind of reaching out to us. Um, the reviews have been great. And, you know, I know all three of us are super excited. And uh, we just honestly really want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the feedback we've been getting. I know we're uh, going to keep working really hard to bring you guys the best podcast we can. Yeah, I mean it's it's official. There's there's dozens of you now. Baker's dozens. <laughs> Baker's dozens, Todd. There's there's at least three. All of our moms. My mom <laughs> has been listening on so many different devices. <laughs> no, it's been it's been awesome though, man. I, it's I know we're all uh, we're all really thankful for it. Yeah, and if if you guys want to reach out to us, um, we do have a Twitter at multiplayer pod. So we'd love to know what you love about the show, what you don't love about the show, what are games that you guys want to hear about, um, or just to say hey. Um, all right. So, so what what have you guys been doing this week? What what games have you guys been playing? Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, baby. This game. This is another game. Like, I mean, I know there was some some news about it, but it just kind of dropped all of a sudden again, and. You know, we 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 were like, hey, let's give it a try. And man, I've been pretty pumped about it. I've been having a blast and I am not a big Call of Duty guy. I was more of a Battlefield guy, so I have not played a ton of the Call of Duty games. I know that's shocking to some, but um, but man, I've just, you know, free time. It's like, hey, let's let's hop into Warzone and uh, let's get in a few matches. I'm I'm a little bitter that we haven't won yet. We've gotten close. Second and third. Top 10 a few times. Yeah, Paul and I actually had a third place finish earlier today as just two. Our squad mate uh, disconnected or oh no, he crashed early on. And then it was Oof. just me and Paul and we mount we wound up making it to the final three. Yeah, it's it's been a really fun game. I mean, there's so many battle royales on the market, but I think this one definitely brings some new things to the table. Like, for instance, if you get eliminated in the normal game, you get dragged out like a prisoner of war and thrown into the, the bulag, and then the you gulag. have to fight bulag, however you pronounce it. Gulag. <laughs> what whatever. I I don't even know what language it is. All right. B- bulag? No. Gulag. It's, it's a the G. Goo. G. Goo. It's a B. Like no, ball. it's definitely it's a thousand percent a G. It's okay. It is not the gulag. It's a 
It's the gulag. It's a, dude, it legitimately is the gulag. No, I'm not messing with you. Uh, it's no. the gulag. Okay. Well, I'll I'll prove you wrong later. So oh. <laughs> when you when you when you get shot and eliminated in the normal game, you get dragged to the gulag and you get to fight another random player who got eliminated. And whoever wins the one v one match gets to parachute back into the game. So it's almost like a double elimination process. I think that's a lot of fun. I love that aspect, man. My my pulse goes through the roof as soon as like you know your fight is up because it's just you and one other guy, and it's it, you know there's there's a lot on the line. So I I love it. I think it's a great mechanic. Well, and there's like the strategy of do I run to the left? Do I run to the right? Do I try and capture the zone? Like do I just stand back and wait for my grenade? And it, it's funny. There's been a couple times where you're you're in this pit. And you're, you know, one v oneing the other guy, but one of your teammates also died. So he's like, "Oh, he's running to the right. He's running to the right." So then you have like an unfair advantage because you know where he's running to because your teammate is on the like observation deck. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I looked it up, and it's definitely Gulag with a G, just like I said. So yeah. there you go, Josh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry for uh, doubting you there, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. I I really enjoy the pacing of the game, the fact that they give you these little missions in between your fights with other squads. So like one of the biggest complaints people always have is you just run around and loot for 10 minutes in between fights. And here you actually get to pick up some quests and if you complete them, then you get to earn money, you can spend money to buy more equipment or to buy more ammo and I feel like they really added some really neat little twist to the battle royale games that I think we've all really appreciated. Yeah. The pacing's really cool. I, I kind of equate it as a good mixture of like PUBG and apex. I mean, it's definitely not as fast paced as apex. Um, but the, I feel like there's fairly consistent action, which is really enjoyable, but I do love the fact that if you die, number one, you get your shot at the gulag to come back. And then after that, your buddies can res you at uh, these little like buy stations um, for cash too so even if you're out you're not really out until your whole squad is completely wiped out which i think really lends itself well to a battle royale because if you die early you're not just sitting there watching your friends play for the next like 10 15 minutes like it might be five minutes and then you're back in the game if they can if they can get enough cash to bring you back right and like talking a little bit more about the missions like paul was doing or paul talked about um there's like manhunter missions so like part of the game mechanic is it will show you where someone is on the map and like you just sprint to them and you get like a huge um, cash reward. If you kill that person, which is just a, such a funny mechanic because sometimes you're the one being hunted. Yeah. On the other side of that, your squad will get a mission that says, you know, protect Todd for the next two minutes while the contract's out on his head. So it's kind of neat that it kind of forces interaction while at the same time giving you missions in the meantime, there's never a dull moment ever in this game. And it's completely free. I think the only real downside is that it's an 86 gigabyte download. So depending on your internet speed, you might have to start it and might have to wait a day or two for it to finish. It's an enormous game. Yeah, it's uh, there. I mean, there are definitely some technical issues. I, th I think they're still qualifying this as a beta, even though, I mean, for the most part, it's pretty much a completed game. I, I mean, I know... Paul was having some sound issues. We've got another friend that crashes every time he tries to play it. Uh, so there's definitely some technical stuff going on, but 
I mean, for a free to play game, they, they did that. They also released it with crossplay, so which I think is great because you'll see PlayStation dudes, Xbox dudes, PC guys on there. I mean, all in one monster map, too, which I think is really cool. I, I don't know that there's been another Battle Royale that's done crossplay like that, except for maybe Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, I think Fortnite's the one that's done it besides that. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, outside of Warzone, lately I've been playing a little bit of Celeste. And I'm sure this won't shock the people out there listening, but it's a great game. I absolutely love playing it. Uh, It's a really challenging platformer. And I've just been putting it off for whatever reason, but saw it was on Steam sale, picked it up. It has a 98% positive review rating on Steam. That is really high. I mean, that's as close as it gets to you know universal agreement on a game see that's that's funny paul that you bring up that you're playing that because i recently just picked up a new platformer rayman legends oh i love rayman legends i do love rayman legends that's a that's a fun game i was i was looking up you know what's a great couch co-op game because my wife and i were looking for a game to play together we found rayman legends and it's been awesome we've just been cranking through levels and it's so fun. We just we just played a level that was like the whole level was uh, timed with a song. Yeah. And it was so great. It was just so much fun. There's several of those. You end up doing like five or six of them. And those are by far the best missions. Yeah, they're they're funny. Like like that mechanic was just so funny because it came out of nowhere. It was the first time I experienced it because I've never played Rayman Legends before. So it was just like a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it's really fun. Unlocking the new characters, the the music levels are super fun. That's a great one to play with a spouse or you know any any couch co op situation. I think my kids have bought it on Switch, PS4, and PC. Like they'll they'll buy it and then they'll trade it in and then they end up missing it. They'll buy it again. Yeah, it's that's that's a great game. So here's the review that no one asked for. Each week we review one game, and this week we're talking about RimWorld. Let's read a quick review from the publishers, and then we'll kick off this combo. A sci-fi colony sim-driven by intelligent AI storyteller generates stories by simulating psychology, ecology, gunplay, melee combat, climate, biodomes, diplomacy, interpersonal relationships, art, medicine, trade, and more. And more. That's not all. That's scr- that scratches the surface. <laughs> Tell them what else they get, Bob. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a short and sweet review. It is. And I am so excited to talk about RimWorld. I mean, this is no secret. You guys know it's one of my favorite games. I know that Todd has played with me in the past, long before we ever talked about doing a podcast. Josh was definitely the noob with this game just picked it up like a week I, ago for the pod right just for this man this, that's the dedication I, I i have to the uh to the fans out there <laughs> so to kick things off <laughs> just to kind of highlight how crazy this game really is i wanted to play two truths one lie with josh so i'm gonna read three oh. things and i want you to tell me which one you think is the lie all right oh okay this is all gonna right. get interesting yeah yeah, yeah. so so here are the three <laughs> All right, in RimWorld, you can capture prisoners, kill one, lock up the others, and put the dead 
prisoner's corpse in their room and make them feed off of their dead friend. Okay. (laughs) That's point one. Okay. All right. Number two, you can have two colonists fall in love. One might die and then they get buried. And out of grief later, the survivor will dig up their dead spouse and put them on the dinner table for everyone to see. All right. That's number two. And number three, you can craft a bionic eye, make one of your colonists go to sleep with drugs that you crafted, surgically remove their regular eye, and give them a bionic one that gives them a boost to gun accuracy. I like that one. That sounds really cool. Um, all right, so I have to pick out which one is false. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Oh which my one's goodness, false, man? These all sound like they could be true with this game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the. Man, I know there's graves in this game too. I've buried some of my colonists. Um, <laughs> I've had prisoners. Um, I have a cannibal in my colony, so that's possible. I'm gonna, <laughs> dang it, man. Okay, I'm gonna say the fall in love, dig them up from a grave, and then eat them because I think that <laughs> he, would he happen except you for the eat them thing. <laughs> you, you you kind of mixed two there. That was my that was that was my whole tactic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're all true. All what? of these things can happen in RimWorld. <laughs> oh all right. my goodness! This this is the kind of stuff that goes on in this game. We are performing surgeries. We are engaging in cannibalism. We're capturing prisoners. We are seeing colonists fall in love. I mean, this game is absolutely bananas and. I love it. It's it is I, such I a unique. I want to correct game. one thing. We're not engaging in cannibalism. Yeah, don't do that at home. We're flirting with it. <laughs> Multiplayer podcast does not endorse cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't try this at home. <laughs> but yes, this is this is a crazy game. So Josh, with you being brand new, oh, I, I know you might feel a little differently than us because you you've only put in single digit number of hours in this game. But what what did you immediately think? I, I like it. I'm not, I said, I said in a previous show, I'm not a big fan of sim games. Um, this game is hilarious at times. Um, there's a lot of mechanics that I still don't understand. And when we played together, you explained a lot of them to me, which helped me an awful lot because I really didn't know what to do when I first started playing. Um, so having somebody that knows what's going on, explain some of that stuff was very helpful. Um, but I, even in my short time, I think I have like nine hours in this game, even in that short period of time, I have seen some hilarious things happen. Um, and it makes me realize that is what this game is about. Like other sim games are about like, how large can you make your city? How good can you make your farm? Um, you know, that kind of stuff. But I think this one, while I know that there is a goal, it seems like the the shtick to this game is the stuff that's going to happen amongst your colonists. Like small moments. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, I was just cruising along. I was happy. I had like a little bedroom with three, three beds in it. My people had a house. I was really proud that I was such a good provider for them. I didn't realize that they were all super mad that they all had to sleep in the same room together and that there was no other furniture in there until one of my colonists um, had a mental breakdown and killed the colony (laughs) dog um, in a fit of rage. Uh, And then, yeah, I had no idea. And then I was like, why is this guy going crazy? And then he kills the colony dog. And then I was like, what the heck? And then the other colonists are mad at him. And I didn't know how to get rid of the dog's body, man. 
It's just sitting there. Yeah, it, it was sitting there. And then their other colonists are getting mad because they keep seeing that uh, upset that they had to walk by a corpse over and over. And then they start deteriorating. And I'm like, I don't know what to do at this point. So, um, yes, like I feel like with sim simulation games, a lot of people's reference is probably the Sims. And in the Sims, you have these meters of like hunger, sleep, social, you know, common things like that. But in RimWorld, you get these needs that are bananas. Like I saw my best friend die minus 10 to my mood or my room is ugly. (laughs) Yeah. Like this game has such weird, you know, measures for how your colonists feel and act. Which are just so personal to each colonist because each of them have a very in-depth stat chart and backstories to their characters. So you'll have a character where it'll go into their backstory and it's like, you know, they used to be a farmer ages ago, but now for whatever reason, they hate farming. (laughs) It's so like they just won't farm anymore. And like you just have to deal with that. And they like, like that character literally won't plant crops. And then the rest of your colony has to like, especially if you're at the beginning and you only have three characters one of your characters won't do a very important thing, whether that's farming or building or cutting wood. And then you're just stuck with it. Yeah. I mean, some of these background stories are quite funny and they also come with these various traits. So like Todd had mentioned, like one of the ones that you might see is that they were a prior mafia boss before (laughs) crash landing on this planet (laughs) And they will refuse to cook or clean because they've always been in charge. Or it might be someone who is a veterinarian and they get a bonus to caring for animals and serving as a doctor. And you start to mix these different traits together and the characters will interact as if they were from those backgrounds. So the characters might clash or they might start a close friendship or they might fall in love and they can get married and one might propose to the other and they get turned down and then they go into a depression. I mean, these characters all interact in such funny ways. And even some of the traits are just hilarious. Like one of them is nudist. Like, have you guys ever had a nudist in your colony? Yes. Uh, I had I a prisoner not. that was a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> like they actively get angry at you if they're wearing clothes, even in the middle of winter, they don't want to wear clothes. And so you have to like work your way to make this work where they're not wearing any armor or clothes, but they still need protection from the elements. So you might have to give them all work that's inside. And there might be other people who get offended every time someone walks by without clothes on. And so you have just some hilarious interactions with colonists. Josh, I know you had, because when you picked your first colonists, I remember hearing you talk about it and you're like, this guy's a pyromaniac. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many different traits in this game and there is a character, like, I I don't know if it's a creation process, but basically you have to pick three colonists when you start the game and you have like seven to choose from, and then you can reroll their stats uh, because certain ones will be good at cooking and some will be good at uh, melee or shooting or, you know, planting and things like that. So, you know, you're sitting there re-rolling over and over trying to get some decent stats, but it's all balanced out where if you get somebody that's got really good stats, they have a lot of crazy characteristics too, like being a pyromaniac. And it's really neat because the game does a great job of explaining each trait 
So it's like if you hover over Pyromaniac, they're like, this person will randomly start fires in the base. Oh, and they refuse to fight fires, you know, which which do break out. Um, you know, cannibalism is one of them. Um, you know, there's some people that like there's some colonists that, like you said, will refuse to do menial labor. So they won't haul things or cook or clean or any of that stuff. Um, but the the trait system's incredible. I, I mean, you know, they, the game even says don't try to roll like the perfect colonist. Like part of this game is the traits that the colonists have and how they're going to interact with each other. And in fact, if you go with some of these crazy traits, you'll actually enjoy the game more than if you're trying to get like the perfect combination of who's good at construction and who's good at mining and that kind of thing. So they, they actually just kind of warn you up front and say, Hey, just, just roll with it. Right. So like the overall goal of this game, cause you started touching it on, on it, Josh, you have these three colonists who crash land on a planet and they don't really tell you what your goal is in the beginning. It's just to kind of survive and start building and crafting things. And then after you play the game, I don't know, maybe like an hour or so, it'll pop up and say, you received a message that there is a hidden spaceship on this part of the map. And if you reach it, then you can probably escape the planet. And so the game just kind of drops you in there. And that's like the goal. But this game is not about reaching the goal. It's absolutely about the events that happen on the way, the stories that end up being told through the game's mechanics. And there's definitely no rush to try to beat the, beat the game or finish it quickly because it's all about how these characters interact along the way. Yeah. And, you know, there there's an AI behind um, the world and it'll keep throwing harder and harder and crazier and crazier challenges at you as you're playing this game. So like at first, like there's like the concept of raids where like there'll be just this enemy uh, horde or like couple of characters that will run onto the map and they like, they just want to kill anything in sight. So like with this, they, they normally start with like one person with a knife, but then it will quickly grow, you know, after a couple raids to like three people with guns so now you have to like quit everything you're doing at the base and like put people behind bunkers around walls and like try and combat this raid that's happening. And I actually had this this funny moment where it was pretty early on in the game. And it it wasn't a raid, but one of my guys was shooting at llamas at, at a herd of llamas <laughs> like you do. And then yeah, like, like you do. You're you're yeah. hunting. And then the llamas just freaked out and there was five of them and they attacked the, the one guy and killed him. <laughs> well, that was get. one of my guys with guns who's now like paralyzed on the ground. And then the herd of llamas just started running toward my base and uh, took out another guy. But then the third guy <laughs> finally took out the horde of llamas. <laughs> so now I have two guys who are down who have like I put in medical beds and then all of a sudden, the game just throws a raid at me where now like it's one one V one and the other guy has a club. But of course, the person, the only alive person, um, is it a great shot? So then he ends up dying anyways because of like the raid that just happened after the herd of llamas went crazy. 
Yeah, and, and that's exactly where these stories get built. So this is not a game where you play like Red Dead Redemption 2 and there's this whole story about following Dutch and you just gotta earn this money and you're trying to survive as an outlaw. Like there's no real guided story or even really any quests. They do throw some quests at you, but they're not really essential to the story. But the AI will just throw out these random events And if you pay attention to the game and you read the logs and you watch what's happening, it does build stories that are just randomly created through the random AI events. So like I can give you guys an exact example of this. So, you know, RimWorld, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. It's it's technically a one player game, but there are mods to make it multiplayer. So I've been playing a, a single player on my own apart from playing with you guys. And so... In my game, I've got a colonist named Jane, and she's you know just a normal colonist. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I get a message that someone escaped as a prisoner from a nearby colony, and if I will help him, he'll join my colony. So I go and I check him out. I pause the game, because you can do that. You can kind of analyze the battlefield, figure out what you want to do, and then unpause. So I click on this guy. It says his name is Key, and he's Jane's husband. So, like, they had been separated. (laughs) They crash-landed. He got captured, right, by this other aggressive colony. But now he's escaped, and he's right here. So, like, I can rescue him, right? So I end up sending my guys. They go. They kill uh, the guys who are following Key. I I, I rescue Key. I put him in a medical bed. Well, guess who my, my colony's doctor is? It's Jane, all right? So now Jane's running around. She's treating his stab wounds and his gun wounds. And then it hits nighttime and she goes to her bed and I click on her and it says that she's upset that she can't share a bed with her husband key. Cause he's, you know, down the <laughs> hall recovering from his wounds. All right. So Jane keeps, you know, every time she wakes up, she goes, she visits him. She's bringing him food. She's tending to his wounds and you can click and you can see like the things that they're talking about. So it says that they were reminiscing about their childhood loves Jane is telling him jokes about sports. And so now I'm like emotionally invested (laughs) for key to survive so that he can get back with his poor wife, Jane. But like, so that's like this minor thing that's totally random where this game has, you know, a couple hundred colonists and, and a lot of them are assigned with relationships. So they might be related and it's not always nice. Sometimes it's an ex spouse and they'll say, I don't want to live with that person. And if you go and rescue them, now they're going to be at odds. So it's interesting that just through random storytelling and through these random relationships, you do end up emotionally invested in these characters. And I think it's just incredibly fun. And you definitely end up with, with these crazy stories in hindsight with playing this type of game. Yeah. What I've noticed in my short time is colonists are your greatest resource. Like you start the game with three of them um, and you get to generate, you know, their traits and things like that randomly. But if you can, if you can somehow rescue another colonist or, you know, save them from a raid and, and nurse them back to health, then they'll join your colony. And the more colonists you have, the more you can kind of accomplish. Like they're, they're definitely the primary uh, resource that you want in the game, but there's an awful lot of work that goes into that. And if you lose one, 
it, it, it gets like, it gets hard really, really fast. Like the, the guy that went crazy and killed my colony dog, like he, we had to lock him up. Like he was not part of the colony anymore, <laughs> you know? So it's like, not only did I lose a member that was able to do certain things, like I had to dedicate a, like a prison room for him and feed him because he was a prisoner and things like that. Um, and like slowly try to like get him back into the colony over time. But then that takes, you know, somebody, another colonist, like paying attention to him to do that. Um, so it's, uh, it, it was, it's definitely very, very important to try to cater to your colonists like that to me. I mean, I know the game has an overall objective, but like your interaction with the colonists and how you try to keep them alive and keep them moving seems to be like the, the actual point of the game. So if you capture prisoners, you can try to recruit them to your colony, but that's not the only thing you can do. Like Todd, do you know what else you can do with these prisoners? Uh, Survey says harvest organs. Paul. You can harvest their organs, and then what do you do with the organs? You can you can sell them. You can sell them on the black market. Like what game? What games let you do this? It's it's so wild. So you can capture a prisoner. You can I just learn choose. something new, guys. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't even think Josh knew. It's been it's been very hard for me to not tell Josh things you can do in this game. You can put them under anesthesia, and if you have a doctor who's a high enough skill, they're a surgeon. So you can administer anesthesia, put them under, you can harvest uh, eyes, you can harvest their heart, you can harvest their liver, you can harvest one kidney or one lung or one eye. So it's like you can do certain surgeries, like if another character gets shot in the kidney and they need a new one, then you can pull one out of your other colonists and transplant it in them and they can both live. So you can be like a benevolent surgeon or... You know what? If you have a character who needs a new heart and you have that new prisoner, guess what? Put them under, harvest their heart, pop it in your colonist. <laughs> or if you don't need a heart, sell it on the black market. When a trader comes, see if they want to buy it. You can also turn prisoners into slaves. And I don't I necessi- didn't know that. Yeah, and I don't necessarily recommend it, but you can actually... Multiplayer s- podcast does not endorse slavery. <laughs> we do not endorse slavery <laughs> at all. But in RimWorld, it is an option that you can sell them as slaves. Or you might have slave traders visit you and ask, do you want to purchase a slave? I have this 80-year-old man who's incapable of dumb labor, but you can still buy him if you want. So, And what's interesting is that your other characters will react to that. So if you have someone who has like an attribute of kind, then they will really uh, start to fall out of love with your colony and maybe consider leaving if you start harvesting organs or start engaging in slave trading. But if you have a character who's a psychopath, which by the way, is an actual attribute in this game, (laughs) they don't care. They're all for it. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of little things in this game that you don't necessarily know in the beginning. And the game does not ever teach it to you. Like I remember when I started playing RimWorld, because you know, you, you can build walls and doors and you can build a stove and first sources of power you build like wind turbines or a wood furnace, but they don't actually teach you a lot of the things you can do. And I started watching videos on YouTube and I realized that there is so much more you can do in this game. You can build a room, pop in a couple of AC units, drop the temperature all the way below zero Celsius, 
And now you can store your food in a freezer and it never goes bad. Because if you leave your food outside, it deteriorates and it rots and it's no good. And so just learning little parts of the game by watching YouTube really go a long way to learning how how you can actually play this game in, in an effective way. I'll say that as a noob to the game, I, I am definitely struggling with the some of the mechanics and the things that you can do. Um, the, the game, one of my complaints of this game is that it does not do a very good job of teaching you all of the different systems. Like, number one, had no idea you could harvest organs. You know, that sounds really cool. And now I want to try it. Um, but had no clue you could do that. And I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm about nine hours in. Um, so it, you know, the the level of entry to this game, it, it's a hilarious game and you can do certain basic things. But I know for myself, I kind of got to the point where it was like I had food. I had shelter and I really didn't know what else to do. And until one of these cool events happens, like I feel a little bit aimless at times because I don't know the progression of the game. And it's like, if I could bide my time harvesting organs, Hey, that's, you know, that's kind of cool. But you know, one of my complaints is that I sometimes just feel like I'm lost and I don't know what I'm doing. My colonists aren't starving. They're not wanting for anything, but it's like, what is, what is actually happening? Like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Um, and that's something that I struggle with a little bit. And I think the game could certainly do better as far as providing that path to progression. Yeah. I mean, there's no tutorial. There's no anything. It's kind of like rust where they just drop you in and you have to learn by experience, which has the pros and cons. The The pro is like the game is always interesting because if you're unlocking skill trees, there's always something to do. There's always something to learn. There's like a new concept or a new mechanic. But then the bad side is sometimes you feel stuck and you don't know what to do and there's no one to help you. I want to cover something. This is a simulation game and normally simulation games aren't multiplayer. This game is not a multiplayer game. <gasps> what? But we're the what? multiplayer podcast. Yeah, I know. The twist twist scandalous. Yeah. It's an M night over here. <laughs> um, but there's like someone, someone on the steam workshop made a mod to make this game multiplayer. Paul, do, do you want to cover like how multiplayer actually works on this game? Sure. So it's kind of an interesting mechanic. Essentially what the multiplayer mod does is it it's almost as if you plug in two different mice on the same computer and you and your friend can both use separate cursors and do whatever you want in the game. So in the early game, when you only have three colonists, there's only a whole lot you can do. And so I wouldn't necessarily recommend trying to play multiplayer right off the bat because both of you are probably going to be a little bit bored. But what you can do is you can play the single player, start to build up your colony, get a couple extra colonists, and then your friend can join over Steam. And now you can both click and control different colonists and do different things. So like when Todd and I played, I played my solo game until I got, I think it was like seven colonists, and then Todd joined. And so if you remember from before, the whole goal of the game is to traverse across the map to find that hidden spaceship. So Todd said, all right, well, I'll just take three colonists. I'll pack a bunch of food. I'll take them partway across the map. And so then I was taking care of the four colonists back at the main colony. And Todd could take care of 
you know, the, the traveling group on the other part of the map. Although Todd was still kind of new to RimWorld when we did this. And would you like to tell the world what, what you did with my, my, my colonists that I loved so much, Todd? I, I have actually heard this story before I even <laughs> knew, like before I started playing this game, Paul is just for the record, Paul is still distraught over this. Paul had, Paul had a definite attachment uh, to this. So. <laughs> but go All ahead, Todd. First off. You didn't provide <laughs> nearly enough food for my colonists to survive. So that, so that might have been on me. So you you create a caravan, you send the caravan over, and then Paul and I were like, oh, this is great. Todd, you can start at the new base, and I'm gonna manage the base that's already built. Well, as the the new player, I didn't realize all the intricacies of creating a base. So then I, like I just created scenarios where we didn't have electricity, we didn't have heat. Everyone, you know, maybe froze to death. <laughs> we ran out of food. In hindsight, I don't know that we should have traveled in the middle of winter. <laughs> but no, it was funny because Todd, because I'm not even looking at Todd's caravan, right? So Todd's just playing on his own. I'm playing on my own. And finally, Todd says something like, Paul, come look. What's what's wrong with my colonists? And I go over, they all have hypothermia. They're like <laughs> incapable of walking. It says that like they have like frozen, like like three toes are frozen and they can't walk. And I think, I don't, I don't remember what it was. I think Todd like started to build a door, but then didn't have the resources. So it didn't finish building. So they just had walls and it was like negative 20 degrees Celsius. And so they all, they all just froze to death. My sweet Jane. So oh, we this had, was Jane. This was Jane. <gasps> so not Jane. This this was a totally totally different Jane than the one I talked about before, because you, you you will you will run into the same names, but this Jane was this really overweight large woman <laughs> who was a beast with her rifle. She it had a great she, shot. She had like eighteen out of twenty <laughs> shooting, and she was just a juggernaut. She would go out against those llamas that you were talking about before, Todd. She would have killed those five llamas in like you know twelve shots. And so I sent her my favorite colonist with Todd because I was like, yeah, in case you get raided, Jane will take care of it. And she succumbed to to hypothermia he out in the cold. Trusted yeah. you, Todd. I Jane trusted he you. Poor have. Jane. He should not have. That's on him. Moment of silence for Jane. <laughs> My Great. sweet, Great. sweet Jane. You know, there's there's one last thing that I, I wanted to talk about that we didn't mention. It actually kind of relates to one of our multiplayer stories when you were online, Josh. But this game actually has not just medicine, but lots of drugs that you can manufacture in this game. Yeah. I thought this was a weird aspect of this game. I haven't learned what all you can do with that yet. So you've only seen smoke leaf, right? Like you haven't seen any other no, pharmaceuticals. That but I have create. seen the effects of smoke leaf for sure. <laughs> so what, so what, what, what are the effects of smoke leaf, Josh? Um, so was it Zoe? Zoe, the colonist, Zoe, the colonist apparently got into a fight and was injured. And even though she was healed up, she suffered from severe pain chronic severe pain and it made her rather grouchy um so i i had hopped in with you guys and i was helping paul manage his base while you were taking the caravan off uh and zoe was getting grouchy because she was always in pain and so paul and i i'm asking him like paul how do we do this like how do you get somebody out of pain and he was like i don't really know 
And then I said, well, I see that you're growing some smoke leaf. So, I mean, wouldn't that fix her pain? And Paul said, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) So let's go have her smoke some smoke leaf. All right, wait. Multiplayer podcast does not endorse smoke leaf. (laughs) (laughs) And to clarify, I was playing dumb with Josh so he could discover these elements. I, I was very proud. Josh recognized maybe this is how you treat pain. So, yeah. So we enable Zoe to go and smoke some smoke leaf to see if this fixes her pain level. Well, lo and behold, Zoe goes and she partakes of the smoke leaf and her pain level just disappears. And I'm like, dude, we did it. Like, she's super happy now. And then it says Zoe is sleepy. So Zoe goes. No, actually, it said Zoe is hungry. So Zoe goes and raids the kitchen. She eats way too many like rations in the kitchen. And then she goes to her bed and she passes out. Right. And then Paul, Paul, what happens from here? So in the middle of the night, one of the random events that can happen is called ZZZTT dot dot dot. And that's where if you have batteries, they like short circuit and somewhere along the wire line, it'll create a fire. Well, lo and behold, it was in the middle of Zoe's room while she's passed out on smoke leaf. So now she's got this huge fire going on in her room. And all the other colonists are running in and out, fighting this fire, and Zoe never once wakes up. <laughs> Sleeps through all of it. Love it. Yeah. I, I was cracking up the entire time because it was so realistic and so well done from how we got from Zoe having chronic pain to she didn't have pain after that. She slept through the whole fire and didn't help one bit with putting this pretty large fire out in the base. But after that, she was pain free. So on top of smoke leaf, you can also farm hops and turn it into alcohol. You can also develop, and and I'm not going to comment further on these. I'll just let them dangle. You can create flake, (laughs) yayo, wake up juice. (laughs) All right, maybe I'll comment a little. If you give someone wake up juice, uh, let's just say it lets them work very fast and very hard but they will develop addictions if they partake too much with these pharmaceuticals. Um, So if they develop a a reliance on it, if they don't take it daily, they'll start to go through withdrawal and they can actually die in some cases. So some characters will also have a trait of chemical fascination. And even if they're not allowed to normally partake of those substances, they'll actually break in and go take them because they have a chemical fascination. Oh, man. All right. So we, we kind of covered some of our funny stories and what we think about the game and all of that. Um, what, what, what does the community think about this game? Paul, as the community manager. That's yep. the title I just, I just threw on you. Congrats, Paul. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Does it come with a pay raise? <laughs> Yeah, you make double your salary now, which is okay. still zero. <laughs> Great. Yeah, what's what's two times zero? All right. So one of the problems with pulling these reviews is that everyone wants to share their very long stories. As you can tell, I'm I'm one of them. Mm. So half of these reviews on Steam are like five thousand words. Like there are literally enormous reviews. So I try to keep these short. Uh, one of the ones I really enjoyed says. Gets repetitive eventually. I doubt you'll get more than a couple of thousand hours out of it. (laughs) And when you look at these reviews, all of them are like 3,000 hours plus. I mean, if you play this game, I think you either 
don't like it right off the bat or maybe you don't give it enough time to understand how the game works but once you get sucked in you you sink a lot of time into this game so i did enjoy that Uh, another one here this one's a little bit longer i still get misty when i remember my pet raccoon willie willie had already lost all four legs defending me from prior attacks by bandit raiders we came under attack again and the raiders made it inside our base and a bandit cornered me in my bedroom i was finished for sure Willie wriggled on his belly across the floor and bit the ankle of the bandit who began shooting at Willie, giving me time to charge the bandit and take him down. But Willie had been shot. No, Willie. (laughs) Poor Willie. Willie saved my life, but he was critically injured and dying. We rushed Willie to the medical bay and managed to stabilize him. Not only would Willie live, but while in surgery, the doctor was able to attach four wooden peg legs. (laughs) (laughs) when willie was awake and healed he was able to scamper across the potato fields on his new wooden legs hero and protector of our village yay Um, willie (laughs) exactly these these are the stories you get yeah and that's one of the things is that this game is so randomized you will never experience the same thing as another person and every playthrough you do every game is different and that's why you keep playing even when characters die even if willie died don't go reload an old save and try to save Willie. Just keep playing. You know, let the game do what it does. I, I think that's where it shines. Um, okay, so this last review is, is probably my favorite one. This is a cute, family-friendly game about organ harvesting, incest, <laughs> tribal genocide, and a teenage boy who overdosed on drugs after his pet elephant died from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> Jokes aside, I feel like I should add some real recommendation RimWorld is a phenomenal colony simulation game. It's easy to lose yourself in it for hundreds of hours. Not something that I'd usually say about an early access game. Side note, obviously it was written quite a while ago. Play it how you want. Rule a degenerate raider colony with an iron fist or just roleplay a peaceful, isolated mountain family of animal herders. The modding community is amazing. Thanks to the mods, you can transform your game into pretty much anything that you want and have limitless replay value. Yeah, there's a lot you can do in this game. Yeah, and I, I think the, the modding community call out is great because even with us playing it, the like we said it earlier, but the multiplayer aspect is a mod on the game. And that's like a huge like mod to put on the game to enable like multiplayer and like hosting and being able to pe- like have players sign in and do all of that. Like that's a giant mod and that's, one of hundreds so oh, yeah. there's just a, a limitless like possibilities in that like if you thought the sims had a lot with like the sims wizard school university edition like that has <laughs> nothing <laughs> to do like or uh, that doesn't hold the candle to like the the amount of mods and like dlcs and all of that that uh rim world can have yeah, and I would I wouldn't necessarily recommend using every mod. I mean, there are mods where you can choose the traits of your colonists and choose all their stats. I wouldn't do anything like that. I actually don't use any mods outside of the multiplayer one. I love the vanilla game as is. If I ever get bored of it, I'll I'll start, you know, looking into some of the other mods. So if you do get bored, there's a lot to do. All right. So taking a look at the reviews here on Steam, what percentage do you guys think are positive? Who's the champ? Oh, we're all tied. We're all, we're tied. all tied. Oh, that's because you suckers both took the... <laughs> I'm still upset about that. I'm going first. No, actually, I'm going last. 
Okay. I'm going to I'm going to go 93. 93. All right, it's very close to what I wrote down. I wrote down 92%. Oh. I feel like a lot of, this game is I, I'm not even a simulation fan, but this game is just so entertaining and so well done that I'm going to outbid you guys by $1 and say 94. Wow, I can't believe it. I thought for sure Josh was going to say 91. This game 98% really the community loves Rimworld. The champion's Josh, back, baby. Josh oh, wins. Geez. Yes. Right where I belong. <laughs> People love this game. Yeah, mm. it's it's uh, like I said, not my not always my cup of tea, but I there is a lot of fun to be had in this game. There is a lot of very cool experiences with it. There is a sharp learning curve. There is some moments where I go, what the heck am I supposed to do? I feel a little lost. But overall, I mean, I get why this game is so highly regarded for sure. All right, Josh, as the winner, this is for you. Ooh. Love it when you kick play us that off sweet, and tell us sweet what, what this next segment is. Uh, this is Make Love, Marry, or Murder, where we tell you how we would rate this game in our childish ways. <laughs> As a side note, you can actually make love, marry, and murder in Rimworld, and you cannot say that about any of the other games of we've played. You can. That's pretty awesome. Oh, man. All right, so I'm up. Yeah, you're up. Okay. Go. I, this might surprise you guys. I am going to murder this game because I don't like simulation games. Really? So, <laughs> you're, you're the 2%. Only 2%, 2% don't no, like it. I, it's, this is, like I said, this is not taking anything away from this game at all. It's just like, this is a game that it is fun to play. But when, when given all of the other types of games that I really love to play, I, I'm going to play a different game instead. Like that's that a hundred percent. That's, that's me. It's not this game. Like I said, this game is amazing. There's some really, really funny, cool, memorable moments to it. I think there is 98% of people out there that will love this game and be like, man, how can you say that? This is a, it's, it's me. It's not them, you know? Um, but I just, I, I got to murder it because it's not something that I would find myself playing willfully long-term. Yeah, I mean that that's fair. You're entitled to your own opinion. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go with Mary cuz I I love this game. But for a multiplayer game, like it's that's a lukewarm Mary. Like single player, absolutely. I feel like multiplayer it gets hard, it gets complicated. Paul gets upset at you for killing all of his <laughs> villagers or colonists you could just not murder them in the cold but all right you know. but yeah that's it's part of the story paul by the way how long ago did that happen that was like a year ago yeah that was it, a long was time a ago. ago and, and you're, you're still, still upset about it, it paul <laughs> still upset <laughs> um but yeah i i'm i'm a strong mary on this one so for me i would say that i would give my final rose to Rimworld. Wow, no, no comments. I'm, no, I'm I know we know you love The Bachelor. You know I love The Bachelor. Ooh. I there we go. That's what I was, <laughs> what I was expecting. <laughs> I'm giving my final rose to Rimworld. I'm proposing to it. I'm getting married to Rimworld. Absolutely, Rimworld surprises me every day. It challenges me in all the best ways. Mm. I, I I will have to say I do agree with Todd strictly from a multiplayer aspect. 
it, it's not it doesn't lend itself the best to multiplayer functionality until you have a lot of colonists and then i think it it can be a lot of fun with multiplayer because when you play this game you experience so much and i think that it is more fun when you experience it with another person otherwise you're just telling them about your game and it, it's not going to land as much as if you shared it so i do think it can be a lot of fun with multiplayer but i, I definitely choose to marry it all right and with the game price of $34.99, is it worth $34.99? I am. Go- All right. So I know I murdered this game, but I'm going to say this. It is. I think if this is if, if simulation games are your cup of tea, then yes, I think you're going to be one of these people that get hundreds upon hundreds of hours out of this game. So I yes, I do think it's worth the price. It's a very well done game. It runs very well. Um, I you know, I think you're going to get your money's worth out of it. It, it. Provided that this is your genre of video game, then I think it is definitely worth the buy. Yeah, I totally agree. It still has support from the developers. They just released a major patch and this game has already been out for quite a while. So for $34.99, I definitely think it's worth it. It's worth it for the ongoing mods. It, you can squeeze a lot of time out of this game. All right, it's time. Let's go to the leaderboard and see where this game stacks up. Apex is number one. Rocket League is number two. Uh, Three is Rust, four GTFO, and five Sea of Thieves. All right, guys, RimWorld. On the multiplayer podcast leaderboard. Mm, Is it going to make top five? Is it gonna? Is this gonna be the first game that falls out of the top five, or will it knock <laughs> Sea of Thieves down? Over my dead body, this, oh! this game. This, this game is not worse than Sea of Thieves. Falls <laughs> right, like I'll, over my harvested <laughs> kidneys. <laughs> yes, over my harvest. No, I, I. I'm not gonna argue for top one or two spots. I, I think it probably probably belongs four in terms of a multiplayer game. I, I would I would put it above yeah I'd put it above GTFO but I'd put it below Apex Rocket League Rust I think it goes beneath those. Josh, um, how do you feel I, about it? I know, right? It's just I think I'd rather play GTFO than I would RimWorld. And again, I know I'm super biased, and I don't want to take anything away from this game. But if I I mean, if you're asking me, Josh, which game do you want to play? I want to play RimWorld more than I want to play Sea of Thieves. Um, but I think I want to play it less than I want to play GTFO. So that's where I would rank it. And you are wrong. Oh! I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Objectively I mean, I, false. <laughs> <laughs> the correct answer. Yeah. I, I, I want to put it just above GTFO. I feel like I've gotten more time out of it. I'm more likely to go back to it. Like, I immediately... Like after we were done reviewing GTFO, I I uninstalled it. With RimWorld, like it's a game that I'm not gonna uninstall. It's not super big and like taking a, a large spot on my hard drive. And I'll go back to it. Like I can see an afternoon where I'm like, hey Paul, like what are you up to? Let's let's jump in RimWorld. Like I, I just want a different type of game. I don't see that with GTFO. I, I second that motion. Put it so, forth. So so number four? Right. Number four. A number four it is. Boom. All right. 
I can't well, wait that to wraps... that down. <laughs> 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 well, that wraps up the leaderboard segment for our show today. If you want to view all of our rankings, you can find them on our site at multiplayerpodcast.com. It was fun hanging out and talking over RimWorld this week. And honestly, we're we're super excited to be doing this podcast. And thank you to everyone listening. Uh, this is only ep- episode six, and we've received a ton of support from the community so far. Um, so thank you. And if you're interested in more multiplayer podcast content, don't forget to subscribe on your podcasting app. Um, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcast and want to help out, um, leave us a five-star review. Um, that actually does really help out a ton, and we would really appreciate it. Um, as we said at the beginning of the show, we are on Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Multiplayer Podcast. Next week, we're going to take a look at Halo. Josh, give us a... Actually, no, Paul. Actually, neither of you. Um, <laughs> take away, Todd. <laughs> you know, you know I, I'm wow, That's a whole journey right there. <laughs> um, Halo... Master Chief Collection is everything you would expect. It's Halo. Like, it, it's Halo. It's it's a first-person shooter. It includes six Halo games. Two of them are on PC, and that's what we will cover. There's multiplayer. And, spoiler, it's my favorite game. <laughs> that being said, see you guys next week. See you, everybody. Protect your kidneys. Watch out. Watch out for those renegade surgeons. Cannibals.